Good morning. morning. Welcome to Zion on this Sunday in which we celebrate the ascension of our Lord. Uh, One quick note about the service. You'll notice this morning we don't have bulletin inserts with the readings. So we will read Psalm 47 responsively, but it will be from the hymnal. Uh, Just one quick announcement from me to remember, check your mailboxes on your way out if you haven't and pick up your June newsletter. Are there other announcements, other things to share with the congregation? If not, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare for worship by listening to the prelude. And I invite you to stand in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captives to sin and cannot free ourselves. We are sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone.
in the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord 
Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Almighty God, your blessed Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Mercifully give us faith to trust that as he promised, he abides with us on earth to the end of time, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from Acts. Luke writes, in the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of the Lord. And we will read responsively uh, Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with a joyful sound. who subdues the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. Our 
God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the ram's horn. For God is king of all the earth. Sing praises with a song. God reigns over the nations. God is enthroned on The nobles of the peoples have gathered as the people of the God of Abraham. The rulers of the earth belong to God, who is highly exalted. The second reading is from Ephesians. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, and according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and domination, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them, and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. I invite you to be seated, and children, I invite you forward. So my my point today will work better if you're all right-handed. So, Alice, are you right-handed? Good. Yeah, like 90% of the population, they say, is right-handed, right? What does it mean to be right-handed? Yeah, you write with your right hand. Usually it means your right hand is your strongest hand, right? It's the hand that you usually do things with. 
It's the hand you usually reach for things with. But I noticed something this morning with my two girls. The right hand was also the hand that they used to hit each other. <laughs> do you guys ever do that? Okay, no comment. That's fair. Right. But if you're going to hit somebody, if you're going to get into a fight with somebody, if you're right-handed, well, you're probably going to use your strong hand, right? Your right hand. And I thought about that this morning as this morning we celebrate the ascension of Jesus, which means Jesus going up. Ascension is just a big word that means go up. That Jesus goes up to the Father, and then we say he now sits at the right hand of the Father. Right, and so the Bible says that he's at the right hand of the Father. It doesn't mean that he's actually sitting at God's hand, but what it means is he's now enthroned in God's power. Right, just like your strong hand is your right hand, so we use that language that God's right hand is his strong hand. It represents how strong he is, his strength. Right, and just like if you were in a fight you might use your right hand to hit someone. Well, God uses his right hand to defeat the devil, to defeat sin, to defeat death. Right? And it's Jesus who is at God's right hand. Through Jesus Christ, God defeats sin, death, and the devil. The power of God is found in Jesus Christ. Just like your strength is found in your right hand, God's strength is found in Jesus Christ. And so that's what we celebrate today on Ascension Day. We celebrate that now Jesus has all power and all authority in this world. There's never a moment, there's never a time where Jesus is not in control. And we know that's good because we know that Jesus loves you. He's always going to be with you. So let me pray for you this morning. Lord, we thank you that Jesus is at your right hand, that he is your power, and that Jesus Christ loves us and promises always to be with us. Amen. Well, I think the Gospel of Luke ends with an emotion that maybe you wouldn't expect if you were just reading the Gospel through. In verse 52, the very end of the Gospel, after Christ was carried up into heaven, Luke says that the disciples worshiped Christ and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. It's that phrase, with great joy, that I find unexpected. If I were to write the story, if I were to turn it into a novel, it seems like I might write it with the disciples being sad, right? Or at least being somewhat melancholy. Here is Jesus, the one whom they've followed for two years, the one whom They've witnessed crucified and risen, the one in whom they have put all their hopes, the one for whom they've left everything to follow. He's physically now leaving them. It almost seems like they should feel some sort of emptiness, some melancholy or sadness. We know in our own lives, of course, how hard it is to say goodbye, how hard it is to say goodbye to friends and loved ones who have to return home after a trip or who have to leave for a business trip or something like that. And so I think as we get to the end of the gospel, 
Luke is inviting us to ask that question. Why exactly are the disciples so joyful in this moment? If the ascension, if Jesus returning to the Father is not a sad event or a somber event like Good Friday maybe, what's making it so joyful for the disciples? And answering this question, I think, will help us to understand the importance of the ascension in the story of our redemption. And the first reason that the ascension is joyful is because it signals to the disciples and it signals to the world the victory of Christ. In fact, the disciples understand his ascension as connected to his reign as king. At first, they don't put it together correctly. At the beginning of the book of Acts, they ask him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? They recognize that Christ was about to do something to truly display his authority over all the world. At that moment, they thought very narrowly that this was just about the nation of Israel. But they would soon realize there's a global, a cosmic significance of Jesus ascending to the right hand of the Father. In fact, in Matthew 28, Jesus tells his disciples before the ascension, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. What becomes clear is that when Jesus ascends to heaven, he is no longer restricted to being in just one place. Right? We should not think of the right hand of the Father where Jesus sits as a literal geographic destination. It's not a place on a cosmic map we can point to, like you could point to Lafayette on a map of Allen County. But being at the right hand of the Father means rather that Jesus is an authority. There is nothing in all of creation that is not under his dominion. He is Lord of all. And so we must not imagine the lordship of Christ as a scenario where Jesus is just sitting on a faraway throne and he's handing the reins of the world over to us. Rather, we understand that Jesus' lordship is active and continuous. Jesus is actively ruling in all of creation right now. Jesus actively is involved. He's actively present in all of creation, including all of our lives. And nothing happens in this world that happens outside of his dominion, his lordship. In fact, it's for this reason that St. Paul can write, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Christ is the Lord now over all creation, which means he is directing all for his purposes. Even the enemies of God, sin, death, and the devil, are made debtors to Christ, and they have no final authority in this world. Whatever pain and grief they cause are temporary. The fullness of Christ's kingdom is greater. And if Christ is at the right hand of the Father, then he can truly fulfill his promise to the disciples that he will never leave them nor forsake them. Each disciple can go his own way in this world, and Jesus will still be present with him. Likewise, while Jesus was on earth, he was far away from most of humanity. But now we confess that he is very near. Jesus is not restricted to Jerusalem or to Galilee, but he is as present in Lafayette, Ohio, as he is in Jerusalem or the Vatican or anywhere else. His ascension makes him all the more present with us. 
And he is present not only as God, but also in his humanity as a man. When Christ was ascended, he did not cease to be human. He did not get rid of his body. But in his body, he is at the right hand of the Father. And this is joyful news. And it's joyful news, first off, only received by faith. Right? We can't do a scientific experiment to prove that Jesus is now here and everywhere. But the joyful news comes in trusting the promise of Christ that he will never leave you nor forsake you. It's joyful news to know that we too, as embodied humans, will stand in the presence of God because we are united to the ascended Christ. We know, joyfully, we know that we have a mediator who knows our pains and griefs and strengths in this body. Christ knows in his body what we go through, and so nothing happens to us that's foreign to him. And so Christ now ministers to us perfectly at the right hand of the Father. He intercedes for us and prays for us. He is our perfect high priest. And the second reason the disciples who witness the ascension with great joy, is they know joyfully that the ascension signals the coming promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says to them in verse 49, I am sending upon you what my Father promised, so that here in the city until you have been clothed, stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The Father and the Son are sending the Holy Spirit to the disciples. That's all the reason in the world to be joyful. Last week we heard from Christ about the Holy Spirit being our advocate and about being the spirit of truth in this world. Well, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives is nothing but joy. It's nothing but a joyful ministry. Again, as Christ has left the disciples and flesh on the earth, God's presence is dwelling all the more powerfully in the disciples. The disciples were never abandoned, they were never orphaned, but now they are equipped by the Holy Spirit to know God's word more fully and to have their faith ever strengthened. The Holy Spirit then will lead the disciples to be the men of faith to lead the church. And how much more true is that for us? That the Holy Spirit assures us that we are not abandoned in this life, that we are never orphaned, but that God is always, always with us. Finally, with the ascension of Christ, the disciples are now equipped and commissioned to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the whole world. That is, they're given this job to do, to take the good news to the world. Jesus says to them that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. The ascension allows the disciples to go out into the world as sent ones, as apostles, and declare to the nations that Jesus Christ is Lord over all. Jesus Christ is Lord over all. Jesus Christ has conquered sin. He has conquered death. He has conquered the devil. And if Jesus is Lord over all, then the forgiveness of sins is available to all who believe it. That's joyful. That's the joyful news of the gospel. In fact, there is nothing more joyful for the church to be doing than to proclaiming the forgiveness of sins to those who believe that Christ is Lord. 
This is what Christ has come for. He has come to redeem us from sin and its power. He has come to deliver us from the grave. He has died in our place on the cross and has promised eternal life to those who trust him. And now his disciples get to take that joyful message to the world. Being a Christian, being one who has received the forgiveness of sins, and being one who gets to proclaim that in Jesus Christ forgiveness is available to all is a joyful life. When the church gathers around that central truth, we will find that it's a joyful church. Recently, I've noticed that the institutions of our denomination, many denominations in the wider church, have shown a kind of infighting and anxiety, frustration. They're anger, there's anger with one another. And so many people in our wider church are anxious and angry. And the root of so much of this is that they make the church's purposes centered on something other than the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. There's always a temptation to make the church a political platform, to make it a social justice concern, a charity. Folks want to make the church a venue for entertainment and so on. But none of these things are the true joy of the church. The proclamation of the forgiveness of sins, the proclamation that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, that is the true joy of the church. And so on this Sunday of the Ascension, we also must remember that today is a day of true joy. For Christ is present within and among us this morning. The Spirit is now working in us. And Christ has given us the forgiveness of sins. And now Christ is sending us out into the world to tell others of this good news. Like the disciples, we too ought to be full of great joy. We ought to be blessing God in our church because we are assured now and forever that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen.
together. Let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, since your Son has gone up with a shout and the sound of a trumpet, ascended in triumph and is seated at your right hand, open our lips to sing praises to our King, rejoicing and living in the truth of his victory for us. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, your Son has commanded us to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all of creation. Bless the proclamation of your church that many may believe, be baptized, and be saved. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful God, preserve your holy church here and scattered throughout the world. Give steadfast faith to all Christians by the preaching of your word and through the sacraments, and send laborers into your harvest. Enliven the love of your saints to bear one another's burdens and show mercy toward those outside the church. Quicken us in the hope of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. Father of glory, you raised your only begotten Son from the dead and established him at your right hand so that we might be part of your household forever. Bless our homes as we await the day of our resurrection. Be the companion and consolation of those who live alone. Strengthen husbands and wives so that their love exemplifies the love between Christ and his church. And bless parents and children as they gather around your word. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, we thank you for the many blessings you have bestowed upon this nation. Grant us a long memory to recall those who gave the full measure of devotion to our country's peace and security. Bring to mind the sacrifices of those who have served faithfully in defense of our land. Lord, in your mercy. Compassionate Lord, as believers in your son's name, we call on you to deliver Eli, Denny, Steve, Nancy, Ray, Melissa, Marilyn, Landon, Nancy, Rose, Tony, and Carolyn, and all who suffer in our midst from sickness of body and mind and every other power of the enemy. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. 
now graciously receive our prayers, deliver us and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen.
Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.